text for the message this morning is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. After just telling King Hezekiah that people will be carried to Babylon, there's a switch and come to what's often recognized as the second part of the prophecy. Isaiah 40, that's page 599. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, sometimes you can hear people talking about the disappointment of their Christmas celebrations. After investing so much thought, energy, and money, the friends and family that gather together are the same as on other days of the year. The actual day passes quickly, and the charity organizations that are supported quickly slip from our memories. When people don't believe the truth of the gospel and God's word, they find it very difficult to make the birth of a baby born so many years ago still seem special. Hope that we try to generate through lights and tinsel, food and presents, is as superficial as a Hallmark film and hollow of any meaningful foundation. The worldly imitation of the true Christian joy and peace is never as good as the real thing. And as Christians, we are so thankful that our joy and our hope is not based on the way that we celebrate, but, what on, but on what our triune God has accomplished for all who believe. We rejoice at Christmas over the Son of God 
who entered into our fallen and rebellious and broken world and took on our human nature in order that he might become our eternal mediator and king. The reason for our hope is not that there is still a baby in a manger, but that that baby grew up and gave his life for sinners so that whoever believes in him might look forward to the day when he comes again in glory. The prophecy of Isaiah reveals the place of Christ's birth in the bigger picture of the Lord's redemptive work. If we look at Isaiah 40, we see that although it's often taken as a description, Isaiah 40 verse 1 is really a command of God to his prophets to go and comfort the people of God. It stands right beside the command to to speak tenderly to Jerusalem. God's messengers are called to serve as mouthpieces of the Lord, to reveal the counsel and will of God concerning the redemption of his people. As one of the appointed prophets, Isaiah asked in verse 6, What shall I cry? And the Lord told him to call all believers, Zion and and Jerusalem, to call them to his side in order that they might shout out the good news that the Lord is coming in love and glory. The good news that Isaiah could first announce as something coming in his unique context and, and history of Revelation has been fulfilled when the Son of God took on human flesh to complete his work. Our text today helps to comfort sinners in the face of our just and holy God with the work of the Son of God who came to satisfy God's justice and to reveal his glory, both in his mighty power and in his sincere love for the little lambs. At the same time, that this word of God that stands forever, we see in Isaiah 40 verse 8, this heralds good news that continues to prepare the world for the return, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in glory and love again. And since the command to go and comfort is repeated for emphasis. It highlights that this is the main focus of the passage. It's a command that we continue to receive to go and comfort. And I preach to you the gospel under this theme, the Lord comforts his people to prepare our hearts for his coming. The gospel message is the justice of the Lord is satisfied and the glory of the Lord is revealed. If you look to your text, you'll see that Isaiah 40, verses 2, verses 9, they mention particular cities. They mention places in this world in a time of history. They mention Jerusalem and Zion and Judah. And that reminds us that Isaiah first spoke these words of prophecy into a very particular situation, anticipating the anger of the Lord revealed in the punishment of his people, their exile, and that horrific slaughter and the destruction that's lamented by Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations. The Lord, in his grace, gave his people this second part of the book of Isaiah, 
that they could carry with them even as they went into exile. Even before all of Hezekiah's riches were taken away to Babylon, along with some of his own sons, as you can read in the end of Isaiah 39. And even before the people of God suffered through the invasion and the slaughter and the destruction of their land, because of their continual rejection of the calls of the prophets to repent, the Lord told his people about how the prophets would comfort them when it was all over. Isaiah 40 verses 1 to 11 promised the return of the Lord in glory, even before the glory of the Lord departed from the temple. And it was abandoned by God to be burned by the enemy, like you can read in Ezekiel 10. God's announcement in our text that he would send prophets to comfort his people not only served as a serious warning that these things would certainly happen, but it would also make it clear that the sovereign Lord would certainly restore those who turned to him in repentance and faith. He equipped his people who were about to be punished for their sins with his unfading word of promise. Even as they were there suffering the horrible realities of war, exile, and persecution, the faithful people of God could cling to the promise of comfort that we read in our text. And we can imagine then the the faithful comforting one another even while they were in exile with the, with the Bible open before them. They already had what they needed. They could tell each other, let us not forget that the Lord wants us to know that he will comfort us after all this is over. When our iniquity has been pardoned and the Messiah is on his way. Although all flesh is grass that withers and The beauty like flowers of the field which fade when the breath of the Lord blows upon them. The word of our God will stand forever. In the words of comfort for his people, the Lord promised that the day would come when the warfare or hard labor would be ended. And although we know that all warfare causes grief and loss, We need to understand that the Lord is talking about the conflict and the resulting slavery associated with the invasion of Israel and the exile to Babylon. This was a specific warfare and labor that lasted for around 70 years that the Lord had announced as his punishment for the sins of rebellion. So when God promised that the warfare would be ended, He was really talking about the punishment, the discipline against his people. The warfare that that he, his war against his people for their sins. While the word ended has the sense of being completed, has the sense of being filled up. And it fits very closely with the verse, that still verse 2, that talks about the people of God receiving from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. It's an announcement that the Lord would, the day will come when the justice of the Lord would be satisfied, be filled up. He would say, that's enough. The word double has the sense of something being sufficient to make the point. 
The day would come when God decided that the punishment, the discipline had been enough to teach his people to turn to the Lord in repentance and humility. The faithful remnant would not have to bear the consequences of their sins forever. And when they confessed their sins to the Lord in repentance, they would find mercy and forgiveness in his gracious fatherly face. Even while they were still under God's wrath, the Lord promised, or he pointed his people to that promise, I will pardon your iniquity. He promised that he would provide atonement for their sins so that he could conclude that their debt had been paid. The day would come, said Isaiah to his people, even in their exile, the day would come when the Lord would say that the time for restoration and peace had come. His glory would once again be revealed among his people. The promises in Isaiah 40 that the iniquity of his people would be pardoned and God's justice would be satisfied were very closely connected to the solution that the Lord announced in Isaiah 52 and 53 that we read together. Although they were disciplined for their sins with the exile, the only way to satisfy the demands of God's justice was if God sent someone to bear that most severe and eternal punishment that God's people deserved for their sins against his most high majesty. The Israelites got a taste of the anger of the Lord, but the suffering servant that the Lord promised in Isaiah 53 would bear the full burden of this wrath for the church. We could see how many times we read that in Isaiah 53. The prophets were told that the day would come when they could comfort the people of God and speak tenderly to his church because the Lord had decided to send his only begotten son to redeem the faithful remnant, the heart of Jerusalem. As he did in the Garden of Eden after the fall, the Lord looks for his children, even in their shame. The Lord seeks to gather true worshipers into his arms. And the comfort of Isaiah 40 was made real and possible with the birth of Jesus Christ that we celebrate at Christmas time and his gracious work on our behalf. When God's wrath falls upon sinners, God also cries to us to turn to him in repentance so that we might learn from discipline and experience peace with him through that servant, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And now we know his name. The gospel message for today is that knowing Jesus, we can go, we can comfort one another with the promise that the Lord has sent his Son to atone for our sins. We can comfort one another to say our iniquity is pardoned. Speak tenderly to your brothers and sisters, even in the distress of discipline. Show them how God forgives the sins of everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. By God's grace, we are able to rejoice with God's people of all ages and, and all places in the world with that joyful declaration of Isaiah 52, verse 9. 
For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The people of Israel, they saw it there. And when they got this prophecy in their hands, they saw it as as a promise before it even happened. And they rejoiced with singing. How much more should we, who have seen the promises fulfilled in Jesus Christ, be rejoicing and singing every day of our lives? We can celebrate Christmas together with the celebration of Good Friday and Easter and Ascension and and Pentecost. His justice has been satisfied by His Son, Jesus Christ. And His glory is revealed in all the earth. After urging His prophets to comfort His people with the promise of the forgiveness of sins, the Lord also cries out to His people to prepare themselves because He was coming in glory. And using the imagery of a, of a major change in terrain from valleys, hills, and mountains to the flatness of the Canadian prairies, Isaiah's prophecy commands the people to prepare the way of the Lord. Verse 3, even as the Lord himself removes all the obstacles that might stand in the way of his coming. The sinfulness of his people would not stop the Lord. For the faithful remnant would repent and they would walk with him on the straight highway through the desert that brought them back to the promised land, the place of hope and victory. These mighty acts of the arm of the Lord, these mighty acts as he intervened into the history of our world, they revealed his glory. And the Lord said that all flesh will see it together. The promise that the Lord would come and his glory would be revealed was not a new promise for the people of God. Already in Genesis, the Lord had promised to send a seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. He had promised a prophet who would be greater than Moses, a priest that would fulfill his sacrificial, the sacrificial service of the Old Testament, and a king who would reign on the throne of David forever. Isaiah 40 is just one more promise of the coming Messiah. And it brings us past the exile and the 400 years of prophetic silence to the promised land in the time of the decree of Quirinius when a census was taken of the entire Roman world. Mary and Joseph may not have known immediately that 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 the firstborn son just wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger was the promised revelation of the glory of God. But the heavenly heralds who appeared to the shepherds with the glory of God shining around them, they made it clear that Jesus was that long-awaited Savior, just as the angel had told both Mary and Joseph. When Jesus was later presented in the temple, Simeon praised God. And and what did he say? He praised God that his eyes had seen the Lord's salvation that he prepared in the presence of all peoples. We'll sing that hymn this afternoon, hymn 22. John the baptizer 
cried in the desert to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus, whom he anointed with the baptism of repentance as the promised suffering servant who would suffer and would die for sinners. In Isaiah 40, the voice of heaven told the Lord's prophets to announce, Behold your God. And John the Baptist pointed to a man in sandals and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We know where to turn for comfort and hope and joy and peace in our lives. And the prophet Isaiah helps the people of God to understand the good news of the incarnation of the Son of God by teaching us what he's like in verses 10 and 11. He shows us that God is coming to the earth as a king with heralds going before him to prepare the way, announcing the good news. And although he came as a little baby, the faithful in the land knew him to be the Son of God. Just like we sang in Isaiah 9, which was him 19. You could see in this little baby the Lord, God, coming with might and his arm ruling for him. The wise men knew that a king had been born in the land of Israel. Simeon, again, he, he revealed the central role of Jesus Christ on the day of judgment while our Lord Jesus was still a little baby. And he announced in Luke 2, verses 34 to 35, that this Jesus was appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed so that thoughts from many hearts might be revealed calling us to behold the Lord who comes with might, whose arm rules for him. Isaiah 40, verse 10, God's prophet Isaiah made it clear that our Lord Jesus who comes to us comes with great power and might. He is coming looking to execute his justice in the land. The rewards that are mentioned in Isaiah 40 verse 10 are not necessarily to be understood as prizes, but rather as consequences. And we are to think of John the baptizer's preaching of an axe at the root of the tree, cutting down the trees that don't bear fruit. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor. John the baptizer then called the self-righteous and the contemptuous sinners to humility, to repentance, because he knew that with the coming of the Son of God, the situation was urgent. He spoke of, of chaff being burnt with unquenchable fire. And brothers and sisters, let us not get lulled to sleep in our sins with the, with the picture of, of the Lord God, the Son of God, our Savior, as a, as a passive little baby still lying in a manger. But let us bow before him in repentance and in faith so that we too may be among those that wheat gathered into the barn. The reason for God's justice, the reason for this strong warning 
with the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is explained in Isaiah 40, verse 11, where the Lord who comes with might is compared to a shepherd. Go and comfort the people of God by explaining that the Lord is fierce with his enemies because he loves his sheep. The same God who knows the names of all the stars in the heavens, Isaiah 40, verse 25, he uses his mighty arms to tend his flock like a shepherd, gathering the lambs in his arms, carrying them in his bosom, while gently leading those with young. He knows what we need. He knows what we enjoy because he too was once a little lamb in the arms of his mother, his father. What an amazing picture of our shepherd king, Jesus Christ. We can just see our little children in his arms. His patience with the extra hyper little sheep and his continual care of his flock. And when we pray to our Father in heaven today, we can know that the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who gave his own life to open the way to his Father's throne, that he is standing there as our mediator, and that God the Holy Spirit is feeding and leading us every day. We have been redeemed. The Lord has come in glory and in love, and he shepherds us who believe in him. And as we reflect on Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 11, we can immediately see how wonderfully it describes the work of our Lord Jesus Christ in all its stages, the reason for the hope that we have in our hearts. The Lord removed all the obstacles so that he himself could come in in glory and be born among his people in the town of David. He was born in a family of the faithful remnant of believers, the, the heart of Jerusalem, who had prepared their hearts to receive their king, who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. He was recognized by his fellow shepherds who received the angelic heralds of the good news of his birth and ran to his manger as the first witnesses. Having taken on our human nature, the Son of God was able to bear God's wrath against our sins. And based on his perfect sacrifice, he preached the gospel of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life that the prophets were told to comfort the people with. He was, he is, the great son of David, the king who called himself the good shepherd, the one who reaches out with healing and love to all the weak and humble little sheep who come to him. We base our hope and our joy on him alone. This same Jesus is still ruling on his throne, the great shepherd king. And now, as God's prophets obey his command to go and comfort the faithful remnant among the covenant people of God, the good news that they announce as heralds, that we announce as heralds, is even more wonderful. Behold, your God has come. His name is marvelous. 
bow before your king and follow the good shepherd Jesus Christ, hear his voice, keep in step with the Holy Spirit as he fights against your sinful nature that keeps putting up roadblocks and and obstacles that make it hard to see the gospel of joy that God has come to rescue us. And we too are called to prepare our hearts for his coming, to prepare the way. And we do so on our knees in confession, repentance, and hope. May our hearts be true and humble, we'll sing. For the glory of the Lord is shed abroad on the earth. There is life in the Son of God who took on our human nature to rescue us from death. This is good news worth sharing. The promise of the gospel is is so wonderful that we want to shout it out from a mountaintop, lifting up our voices without fear. The command of Isaiah 40 is, is obvious. It's, of course, that's what we want to do. And may God help us in this so that Everyone who mentions the name Jesus in this Christmas week, and and you'll hear it a lot, for all flesh knows his name. May they be reminded by us that Jesus is no longer just a baby in a manger born a long time ago and someone whose memory is hard to keep, but that he is the shepherd king sitting on his throne, ruling over all things, and he will come again in glory. He comes, he comes with a call to repentance, the comfort of his victory over death and sin, the compassion of the loving shepherd for all his sheep. Be comforted, my people. Comfort one another. Speak tenderly to each other. And may our lamps be bright and clear to receive him in our hearts as our eternal king. Amen.